Hey everyone, you're listening to the Discover Grace and Truth podcast. Together we are going to discover God's grace and truth through the Bible for people who love Jesus, who want to hear His voice, move in His direction, and eventually help others do the same. Thank you for listening and enjoy this episode with Pastor Anton Pazava. Heavenly Father, we come boldly before the throne of grace once again. Lord, just so thankful for your goodness. So thankful, Lord God, that you're for us and not against us. So thankful, Lord God, that you're watching over us. Thank you, Lord God, that you're here, ready to minister to our hearts. We honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thank you. thanks again for joining me on Discover Grace and Truth podcast. I'm excited about what's going to be happening in the church today. I'm excited that God is for us and not against us. I'm so excited. You might be saying, well, I don't understand why you're saying all those things, Pastor Anton, because things don't look really well. Well, that's why we have to change our attitude. That's why we have to take a different approach. So this month, I'm dedicating my talks to being thankful for God's grace and truth. It's God's grace and truth that saved us, and it's God's grace and truth that's going to continue to sustain us. That's why I get excited. How do we make God's grace and truth real to us? By remembering what Jesus did for us at the cross of Calvary. And one of the ways we do this is through the communion table. So this month, we're talking, we're going to be talking about the Lord's table, communion. And my hope is that when we start talking about this subject, and we partake of the communion, miracles and healings and wisdom and divine direction from God will take place. Last week, we talked about the results we as Christians received when Jesus went to the cross. Now, I'm not going to repeat myself what I said last week, but I want to encourage you, if you haven't heard last week's podcast, you need to hear it. You need to get the basis of why we're doing this. these talks on the Lord's table, on communion. So in order for us to appreciate the Lord's table or communion, we need to appreciate what Jesus did at the cross. We need to have a basis of why we participate in taking communion. So I want to highlight one scripture from last week's podcast, Colossians chapter 1, verse 14, but we're going to begin with verse 13. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed or transferred us into the kingdom of the son jesus of his love god's love for us he's done it folks that's what the cross did for us and at the cross i love verse verse 14 in whom in christ we have we already have this we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of sins. We have forgiveness of sins. And we found out that word sin in the Greek is harmatia. It means missing the mark. But we also found out that it's a noun. And we all know that a noun is a person, place, or thing. So this thing, this sin, this sin that that we embrace because of what Adam and Eve did a long time ago was in us. We are always missing the mark before Jesus came into our lives. See, at the cross, Jesus took on took all our sins, our harmatia, 
and permanently removed the sin from our lives. That's why the Bible says that our sins are as far as the east as it is to the west. And it's places, so it doesn't exist, folks. That harmony does not exist in our lives. And in its place, Jesus permanently gave us God's righteousness, his right standing. God's right standing. We are the righteousness of God. That's why we can declare. We can say we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No matter how many mistakes that we make in the future, after we receive Christ, the same grace that saved us is the same grace that's going to sustain us. He covers us because of what the what Jesus did at the cross. Folks, I want you to use your imagination here just for a second. You know, we always at Easter or Christmas, we see Jesus on the, at the cross, right? And, and we talk about the cross at, at Christmas. We talk about the cross at, at, at Easter. But he was on that cross, not just there just, to, just because of time. No, he was engulfing. You, you just got to imagine that, that Jesus was engulfing, taking in every man's sin in his being because he was going to be, he was going to pay the full payment of all a man's mistakes. And he did that for a long period of time. All the pain, all the, the, the hurt, the brokenness, everything at the cross. He was taking it in. And then finally, when he knew that all was engulfed on the inside of him, he said, it is finished. And at that very moment, the veil was broken enmity between God and man was broken and righteousness was made available for anyone who would be, who would believe in Jesus. Wow. That's enough to be thankful for folks. Let's remind ourselves why we're here on planet earth. Let's remind ourselves why Jesus is so important to us. This is a big deal and the enemy knows it. The action of the cross reminds the enemy of his defeat. And it reminds us of our victory, our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Family, when we realize the depth of Christ's payment on the cross was so extreme, it should humble us to the point of being thankful that God's grace saved us and by his blood it sustained us that's why we celebrate the communion table folks that's why I celebrate it because I'm one with God I'm one with, with Jesus I'm one with the Holy Spirit man I'm excited can you tell in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 is going to be our reference as we're going to look at when we were talking about the Lord's table or communion because it's it's there for us to, to look at this week I want to set us up so we can have a clear biblical view of what's happening with the Corinthian church when they were taking communion then next week we'll hit the benefits when we partake of the communion elements so if we read 
1 Corinthians chapter 10 and the beginning of 1 Corinthians chapter 11, the context is Paul, through a letter, giving instructions to the church on how to manage their lives through Christ, whether it be individually or in relationship. So the background of these two chapters is giving instructions how to conduct themselves in life. And for this podcast, we're looking at, at how to conduct ourselves when taking the communion elements. So we're going to begin at 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 17. And I'm fired up. So he says to the Corinthian church here, now in giving these instructions, I do not praise you since you come together not for the better, but for the worst. For first of all, when you come together as a church, I hear that you are, there are divisions among you. And in part, I believe it. For there must also be factions among you that those who are proved may be recognized among you. So here Paul was saying, we got some issues here that I'm hearing. And I need to address these things. So, so he gives the church a teaching moment just so that they could revamp, get better at how they're approaching the communion table. In verse 20, it says, Therefore, when you come together in one place, is it not to eat the Lord's Supper? For in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry, and another is drunk. What? Do you not have houses to eat and drink in? Or you despise the church of God and shame those who have nothing? What shall I say to you? Shall I praise you in this? I do not praise you. So here, you know, Paul is saying some are eating dinner. Some are getting drunk. Some are doing their own thing. And then there are others are taking communion. So here, Paul, it was, it's, here, Paul was, it was the method of how the Corinthian church was approaching the communion table that Paul had to address. Remember, this is a church that's learning just like us. All right? So that's not, that's not pull judgment on them. You know, we're learning. Let's learn together, right? Verse 23. For I receive, this is Paul speaking now, so for I receive from the Lord that which I received to you, the Lord Jesus, on the night that he was that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in, remember, in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This, as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you you proclaim the lord's death till he comes now i'm not going to get into this we're going to get into these specific scriptures uh in more detail next week this was paul's way of reminding the corinthian church though that this is how you should take communion 
because this is how the Lord taught him. But I want to stay on topic here. We're talking about the Lord's table, the communion. But, but Paul is addressing the method of how the Corinthian church was approaching the communion table. And so he's just bringing some instructions. All right, so let's look at verse 27. Therefore, whoever eats this bread and drinks or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. So let's talk about that phrase, unworthy manner. First of all, who is Paul speaking to? He's speaking to Christians. And as Christians, because they believe in Jesus, they are worthy to partake of the communion. Why? Because their sin has been removed as far as the east is from the, uh, the west. And righteousness was accepted. Man, when I read this growing up in the church in a religious background, man, I thought, man, I'm unworthy. I thought I was talking about me. I thought he was talking about my sin, my mistakes. But in the context of this reading that we're reading here in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, it has nothing to do with sin. Remember, the same blood that saved us is the same blood that sustains us and it keeps us righteous before God. So an unworthy manner is not talking about sin. So what was Paul saying here? An unworthy person is not a person's state. A state of sin. Because Jesus died for unworthy people. But what was Paul trying to do here? It was how he was addressing them and how they were approaching the Lord's table and partaking the communion that made them unworthy. Let me say that one more time. It was how they were approaching the Lord's table and partaking communion that made them unworthy. They were already worthy, folks, because they believed in Jesus. You're worthy because you believe in Jesus. He was only talking about their approach, their conduct. So instead of doing communion in remembrance of Jesus, in humility, in being thankful, and in unity, the church was doing their own thing in different ways in their approach of communion. And this is what Paul was addressing. He was just trying to clear the air. He was trying to make sure everybody's on the same page. He was making sure that all the Christians that were in the room partaking communion were on the same page. That's all he was trying to do. Look at verse 28. But let a man examine himself and so let him eat of the bread so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. You know, every time I saw that scripture, I thought I had to examine myself. I had to examine all the mistakes that I made before I partake of communion. That's how I grew up. That I had to examine myself. But listen, I examined myself through the blood of Jesus. 
I know that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I know I'm going to make mistakes. I know the things are not going to go the way that I think they're going to go. I know I'm going to say the wrong things, but I'm so thankful. I am so thankful that he examines me, that God examines me in his righteousness, in his sanctification, in his redemption, in his wisdom. That's how he sees me. And I pray that you see yourself the same way. We're not to examine our sin. He's not talking about that. So let a man examine himself. What was he talking about here? Paul's not talking about sin. He was talking about the approach of the communion table. Then the rest of the scriptures after that, after this verse 28 makes sense. Verse 29, for he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner in the wrong approach eats and drinks judgment now that's a harsh word but judgment means you're not getting the benefits you're not getting the benefit of the communion table if you take the wrong approach not discerning the lord's body not discerning meaning not making it's not going to make a difference in your life if you take the wrong approach of the communion table. So in other words, I'm sorry, verse, verse 30. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you and many sleep. That word sleep means dies or are dying, are weak and sick and are dying. So in other words, because he was, this is what Paul was saying to the church because you're approaching the table your own way not in remembrance not in humility not in unity you're not getting the result of the table which brings strength and healing and life that's what the table brings to us folks it brings strength healing and life if we just approach the table in the right way. Verse 31, for if we, if we judge ourselves, we would, we should, I'm sorry, if we judge ourselves, we would not be judged. In other words, he's saying, judge yourself. Change your approach of communion so that you can get the benefit of the communion of remembering what Jesus did at the cross. And verse 33 says, Therefore, my brethren, when you come together to eat, wait for one another. In other words, come together in unity. Don't do your own thing. Take a different approach. That's all Paul was saying to the Corinthian church here. He's not talking about their sin, their unworthiness, because they are worthy because of what Jesus did at the cross. God sees us through the eyes or through the blood of Jesus and we're righteous we're sanctified this was so important to address before we get into the benefits of the communion table like many of you I mean I grew up in a religion not relationship thinking you know when it came to the communion table you know I just gotta be I gotta make myself right I gotta make sure all the sins out of my life and that 
if that if that wasn't out of my life, then guilt and condemnation would take over. They got the best of me because I thought I had to be sinless to partake of the Lord's table. But because I've been set free with an understanding on the approach of communion, I've seen and experienced healing, strength, direction, and real life. Folks, that's my heart for you today. We've only touched the tip of the iceberg here when it comes to the communion table. But now that our minds has been renewed in our approach of the table, we can come boldly to God when we take communion and see miracles and healings and direction for our lives. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 says this, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Folks, <laughs> the communion table, it's a, it's a form of being thankful, thankful for what Jesus did for us to give us life and life that's more abundant, to give us a better outcome than what the world can offer. My hope today, my hope and I pray and you read 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Read it for yourself. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. I mean, look at the context of what Paul was saying here. Let's take off our religious views of what we've been taught in the past, but let's look at the word biblically. Let's see what it means for us personally. I prayed this week, read this. Get this on the inside of you. Because when we understand this and get a hold of this, when we partake of the communion elements together, when we see this happening in our lives, whether you do it on an individual basis between you and God or whether you do it with a group of people or a whole lot of people, but it's our approach. Are we doing this in remembrance of Jesus? Are we humbling ourselves? Are we doing this doing this in unity our being are we being thankful for what jesus did for us my pray my prayer this week is that you just read this be open let the holy spirit speak to you and we're going to see how the the holy communion the communion table is going to benefit us from this time forward father we thank you for every person that's hearing this message, I thank you, Lord God, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that they would know exactly what your table means to them. I pray, Lord God, eyes of our understanding be enlightened. Thank you, Lord God, for your glory to show up in a sure way. We honor you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey everyone, subscribe now and don't miss out on any other episodes. For more information, go to discovergraceandtruth.com. If you want to receive an email reminder, you can sign up there as well. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope that this episode reminded you that God loves you, He is for you, and He's ready to go above and beyond what you can ask or think according to His power that works in you. We love you and we'll catch you next time.